Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of that last song, that your name is truly above all names. And Father, there are things in our lives where maybe we just don't truly know things about you. I pray this morning that you will reveal those things to us, reveal more of your character to us this morning. And if there are things that we know, but yet they haven't made their way into our hearts to embrace this confidence in you, I pray that you will help us to do that this morning as well. Holy Spirit, be all over this place. I pray that you'll speak through Ira in a mighty way this morning. And Father, I pray for those kids. Continue this movement, God. You have really worked in the kids' barn, and I pray that you will continue and help this thing to just explode, that that kids are coming to know you, and there's a revival being had in there, and they are transforming to your likeness. And Father, I pray that you will continue to take these steps of faith in their life. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, you are dismissed to Kids Barn. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Good morning to you guys. This honestly was going to be a short sermon, and then David brought me an extra water, and one thing, what if we, what if we simplified, what, what if we were able to bring things down, one thing, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 and verse uh, 38, and then later we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, but right now, uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. We are so scattered, our lives, our minds, we are so scattered, we've got so many things going on in our lives, we've got so much information coming in to our minds, more than ever before, ever in any generation. We've got all this information coming in from social media, from just from the internet, from news, from all over the world in a moment. You know, we know all of this stuff. We've got all this, this things going on in our lives, all of this stuff. And it's overwhelming. You know, when we start to think about, we need to, you know, we start thinking about taking care of all this stuff. We've got, we got 10,000 things coming into our mind, all this information coming in to us. And it's hard to focus. With all this stuff coming in, it's hard for us to focus on some important things. It's hard for us to focus on that, you know, to bring things down to some important things. And the problem is, is that with all of these 10,000 things that we've got going on, all this information we've got coming into our minds, the problem is, is that the important things get mixed in with all the other things, and all of a sudden the important things are getting the same time and the same emphasis and the same energy as all this other scattered stuff that really 
really doesn't matter in eternity. Right? Do you, do you see? Focus. What if we were able to focus? What if we, one thing, what if we were able to focus? There, there, is, there is power in focus, in being able to bring it down, in being able to, to simplify it. And uh, point number one is, is this. Slow down and focus. Just slow down and, and focus. Uh, we are in Luke 10 and 38. Now, this is a passage that get a lot of, gets a lot of ladies upset. But don't get mad at me. <laughs> Let, let's just do it. Slow down and focus. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. This, this is Jesus and his disciples, and they are traveling. And they come to a village, and we know that that village is Bethany. And it's right outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus and the disciples often hung out there. In fact, the people that lived there, the brothers and sisters that lived there, uh, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, they were good friends. And this is where Jesus and the disciples were able to go and just relax when they were in Jerusalem doing anything. They were able to slip out to Bethany, you know, to, to this home and and just hang out and, and you know, be, be relaxed. I mean, they were, they were among friends there. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, with much preparation. And she went up to Jesus and interrupted his teaching and said to him, I, I want to, in Martha's defense, Martha has had more than a dozen hungry men drop in on her. Okay? And they have dropped in on her, and these guys are hungry, and she knows that. She's fed them before, and she's got all this stuff to do, and all of these things to get together, and all this preparation that she needs to be making, and she's just kind of becoming frantic, trying to get all of this stuff together. And in the meantime, her sister Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him teach. And the question I have is, where was Lazarus? Why doesn't she get mad at Lazarus? They were his buddies, you know. But she said to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone, to make these preparations alone? Lord, do you not care? This this is extra, okay. Okay. This, Lord, do you not care, reminds me of Jesus and the disciples being in a boat crossing the Sea of Galilee, and a storm came up, and Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat, and and water started coming inside the boat, and they woke Jesus up. And they said, Jesus, do you not care that we're about to drown? And the answer in both cases is, yes, Jesus cares. And the answer for us today, when we're going through something and when we're looking at something and we're like, wow, where is the Lord in this? I mean, you know, you know the answer for whenever we ask it today is, yes, Jesus cares. Amen. So that was, that, was, that was extra. 
And she said, tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Only one thing is necessary right now. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I'm not going, Jesus says, I'm not going to send Mary out there to help you. I should send Lazarus, but I'm not going to do that either. I'm, I'm gonna, not going to send her out there because Mary's getting her soul fed. And the indication was that he wanted Martha to come and get her soul fed as well. Now, in the meanwhile, the disciples are probably having a fit. They're like, I'm starved, and he's not going to make Mary help her? Why doesn't he just send Mary out there to help her? Do you see? But the problem is... Is Mary didn't, Martha didn't have time to do everything that she needed to do. Does that sound familiar? She didn't have time to do everything that she needed to do. And she became frantic and anxious. And finally, that anxiety leads to anger. And she gets angry at Mary. <clears throat> and so Jesus says, Martha, you're worried about all these things. Slow down and focus. Slow down and, and focus. Well, what's wrong with these many things that Martha was upset about? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with feeding your guests when they come to your house? Nothing. What's wrong with eating? What's wrong with a hungry man having something to eat? Nothing. You know, nothing is wrong with that. Uh, what's, what's wrong with, you know, of, of preparing a nice meal for for your friend, nothing is wrong with any of that. The thing that was wrong with these many things is it kept her from focusing. It kept her from focusing. And that's the problem with our many things in our lives. Is that it keeps us from focusing on the important things. It keeps us from focusing on the the things that really matter. Slow down and focus. We've got these many things going on. I mean, we understand Martha and where she's coming from. She felt time pressure. She felt obligated, you know, to, to do this. And, and we have all these obligations and we don't have enough time to do everything that we need to do. And so we've got all this stuff coming in and all this stuff going on. And these many things distract us. And they keep us from focusing Slow down and focus. We are speeding through our lives. This week's Thanksgiving. How in the world? Christmas is a month away. Probably somebody knows how many days it is till Christmas. How many days is it till Christmas? See? Somebody knows. My grandkids certainly know, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean this, the, the year is gone. What happened to it? You know, we're, our lives are speeding by. Slow down and focus. Our children's lives are speeding through our lives on the way to their lives. Uh, uh, just so you got it. Our children's lives are speeding through our lives on the way to their lives. We need to slow down and focus. And I know that if you've got kids at home, I know that old people 
tell you, enjoy the stage they're in. Oh, it just passes quickly, and you'll look back, and you'll miss this, and you're like, well, there's no way I'll ever miss this. Whoa. You know, um, but you, you will, and it passes quickly. Slow down and focus. Pinpoint some important things and focus on those things. And you're still going to have to do your other things. You still have all these obligations. I know that some of you are working two jobs, you know, just to keep things going, you know. And I, I, I get that. I understand that. You've got all these activities. You've got all these things going on in your life. And, you know, I get that. You know, but slow down and focus on some important things. You're still doing these other things, but look at those other things through a focus of these important things. With your kids, grandkids, what, what three things do you want to teach your kids? What three things do you want your kids to know before they go out into adulthood on their own? Just think about it a moment. I mean, what three things or what two things, what five things do you want your kids to know? Do you want to teach your kids before they go out on their own? Think about it, you know? I mean, how many important things there are? I mean, there are things that you want them to know before they go out. But we've got all these things going on in their lives, you know, all these things, and we're so busy. And we, we, if, unless we slow down and focus, then those important things get mixed in with all the other things and they kind of get lost. Do you see? Focus. And then you focus on those three things or whatever. And then from those three things, you do all this other stuff with your kids. And we got our kids involved in all these activities. And you, you, know, you know what, those, what activities are good for your kids and what are not. But, you know, I, I will say this. You know, how old people tell you this? It, you know, you make sure that the, the activities that you've got your kids involved in, make sure that it's for them and not for you. I've been to enough ball games and watched enough parents and coaches to know that the way we act sometimes at children's ball games, that it's not about the kids. It's not about the kids. It must be about us. Can somebody say, ouch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there with you. And, and remember that it's a game. It's a game. You know, don't let it put too much pressure on the kids. Focus. Slow down and focus. And remember those little things. We can't even, we can't even clean house without focus. Think about it. You want to clean out your closet and you go in your, you go in your closet and you're just looking at everything, all this stuff, and you, you work on it for two hours and all you've done is move the piles. <laughs> right? You've got to have focus. When our grandkids come over and they're over at our house for a while, like three minutes or something, <laughs> it looks like there's been an explosion. Everything's off the shelves. Everything is in the floor. You know, nothing is where the, the furniture is rearranged. I mean, you, you know. But when it comes time for them to go, when it's time for them to go, we say, now pick up your stuff because it's time to go. And they look at all that stuff, all that stuff on the floor. They look at all that stuff. And they're like, oh, we'll never get this picked up. Never. And so this is what we do. So, okay. Okay. All of you come, come quickly, pick up the coloring books, 
first. Get the coloring books. Okay. Now get the crayons. All right. Now get the cars. Now that, that dollhouse with those Barbies in it and stuff, and, and get, the, get the boat with the, the little people in it, and get all those up, and get the Legos up, and get the, and those puzzles. I mean, just one at a time, and they're like able to do it because there's focus. Do you see? This makes sense to you. Slow down and focus. I want you to go to uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And in verse 12, Paul is talking about spiritual growth. He's talking about his walk with the Lord and becoming mature spiritually. And Paul is mature and he knows that, but he wants to be closer to the Lord. He wants to, to, get, he wants to be more like Jesus all the time, all the time. And so he's not satisfied where he is spiritually. And so in verse 12 of chapter 3 of Philippians, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Point number two is this. Leave the past where it is. Leave the past where it is. It's behind us. Leave the past where it is. Paul says, I'm, I need to be moving ahead. I'm not going to let this past hold me back. I may be chained to a wall. He was in prison when he wrote this. And I don't know if he's literally chained to the wall at the time he was writing this. But he might say, I'm, I'm chained to the wall, but I'm not going to be chained to my past and let it hold me back. Now, on Wednesday night, when Tara taught, Tara said, remember your past. Bring your past forward. Recite your past to your kids. Hang on to your past. And I'm telling you, forget your past. But, but we agree, and we have talked about this, and, but we agree she's talking about when we, when the things from our past that we need to remember and bring forward is the miracles that God's performed, the faithfulness of God through the years. That's what we need to remember and bring forth. That's what we need to recite to our kids. We need to bring those things, the good things, the faithfulness of the Lord, the, all the great things that He has done for us. Yes, we need to remember those things. Those things encourage us now. It, it helps us to to go into the future. It helps us to be able to deal with all of these things. It helps us to slow down and focus when we see how God has provided. But there are some things about our past that we don't need to bring forward. The guilt of our sins. We don't need to bring it forward. The shame over the things that we've done. We don't need to bring that forward. Paul says, one thing I do forgetting what lies behind the regrets over decisions that we made. Oh, what if I'd just done this? And if I'd just done this, and you know, if this had just taken place, and then you know, I'd be okay, and everything would be everything would, would be good. And we got this, all these ideas, and people have hurt us, and and that's in the past, and we bring that forward. And so we bring in the, we're bringing these things forward, and and we we having a hard time forgive. So we've got forgiving. So we've got these. This guilt that we're bringing forward that God's already forgiven. We've got these grudges that we're bringing forward. 
that we've already been trying to deal with with the Lord's help. And we're bringing those things forward. And when we're bringing all that stuff forward and we add the stuff from the past in with all the stuff that we've got going on in the present, we are overwhelmed. God didn't make us to be able to deal with all this, to be able to deal with the past, be able to worry about what's going on in the future, going to happen in the future. You know, slow down and focus. Leave the past where it is. It is behind us. It's behind us. Our past can keep us from focusing on today's blessings. And we have so many blessings today. So many blessings today. The, 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 the past is hard to, to carry. Guilt is hard to carry. Shame is hard to carry. It is heavy for us to carry. We don't need to be carrying that stuff. We don't need to add that stuff to everything else that we've already got going on. Leave that in the past. Leave those grudges in the past. And focus. Focus. We miss so many blessings that God has right in front of us. Right in front of us. Because we're seeing all of these things, including stuff from our past. Junk from our past that we're bringing forward. A couple of weeks ago, I got a card in the mail from my, my sister, and, I was, and it was a nice card, you know, miss you, brother, and, you know, and all this, and, and, um, and, th- and there was a check in it for, in that for $200 to me from her account. I'm like, what? And then she, she tells me this little, she tells me, tells me what it's for, and I'm not calling, and, we, and, then, and she's telling me this, listen, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, my dad lent a uh, farm wagon to a friend of his, and the friend never gave it back. He kept it. He kept it. And it ended up sitting in a fence row at this guy's house. And of course, my dad's gone, and this guy's gone, and, you know, uh, you know all that's... 50 years later... The son-in-law of this guy cleans out the fence row, remembers that somebody in the family had told him that that's Cunningham's wagon, and he went and sold it for $400 and brought my sister the money. Well, this family's had a lot of bad breaks. They've had a lot of bad things happening in their lives. And my sister said, I can't take that money from you. You guys can use that money. You guys just keep that money. That was 50 years ago, just, you know, just... Keep it. We want you to have it. You know, we don't need that. It's okay. And they were like, no, no, this is something that we really need to do. We want this to happen. We need for this to happen. Here, take this money. So my sister took the $400. Well, as soon as he was gone, she started feeling guilty and guiltier and guiltier. And she's carrying this guilt with her. So she writes me a check for $200 and sends it to me. And she tells me, I can't carry this load of guilt, so I've just unloaded half of it to you. (laughs) Enjoy. I'm like, oh, no, you've involved me in this now. And I'm looking at this check for $200, and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, what could I possibly do with this? I don't want this guilt on me. You know, this family is, you know, hurting. They got these issues, and now we've got their money over something 50 years ago. You know, that. And then last week came up. Our youngest son's birthday. And so I sent him some of that money. <laughs> and I'd already told him the story, and he, 
uh, he texted me back and, and, and said, Dad, is this some of that farm equipment guilt money? I said, yes, it is, son. Thanks for helping carry the load. Thanks for, thanks for helping us carry the guilt. I feel better just having shared it with you, you know. It's heavy. Get that stuff from the past. It's heavy, and we don't need to carry it. Leave the past where it is. It's behind us. Don't give your past the power to hold you back. When a lot of our energy and a lot of our concentration and a lot of our focus is in the past, we can't move forward. And we've got so many things going on, no wonder we are overwhelmed. And we miss these blessings that are right in front of us because we're thinking about something back there. Or something, one of these 10,000 things that's coming to us out here. Slow down and focus and leave the past where it is. It is behind us. Number three, ask God to show you the way. Ask God to show you the way. How do we do this? you got all these things going on in your mind and uh, in, in, in your life. And I mean, I can't sit here and tell you how to simplify your life and how to bring it down and be able to focus on a few things. I, I can't tell you how to do that, but God can. Because I really think that you need to do this. I really think that I need to do this. I know that I need to do this, right? We need to focus. We need to bring it down so that we can give praise to God. On Thanksgiving, it's coming up. But what do we even have to be thankful for? We won't know unless we're able to slow down and focus and see those good things that God has placed in our lives. Ask God to show the way. Paul says, I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on, he says, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press forward. I'm straining forward. I press on. And we need to be doing the same thing. Ask God to show you the way. Ask God for wisdom to know what to do. We need wisdom to know what to do. I wonder how many of the things that have made us angry in the last month or two, I wonder if we thought, think back, I wonder how many of those things are really important. And some may be, and I'm sure some are, but of those things that have gotten us angry and we've gotten all upset about, how many of those really matter? Think about it. And so we, if we think about that, and then we've got all these things that we've been upset about that, we, that really don't matter, boy, we've spent a lot of energy and a lot of time. Ask God to show you the way. We need wisdom to do it, and we need discipline to do it. If you're spending a lot of time on the internet and on social media and all that stuff, it'll probably take some discipline to cut some of that down. I just, we, don't, we just don't need all of this information coming into our minds, you know, and if you can handle it, then you handle it. I can't handle it. And I've told you before that I spend too much time on Instagram, you know, looking at those videos and, you know, of people being dumb and boats and stuff. I and, mean, you know, it's, it's just it's entertaining, but we've got to watch. And, and it, we need discipline to be able to do this. Discipline to be able to do it. Last week, Toby and I were sitting on the couch. We, we, uh, the hurricane, the second hurricane in six weeks had just come through. And, and uh, we, she was off for... Veterans Day, and, and we, just, we just decided they, they didn't want us walking on the beaches. They, you know, everything's closed. And, and uh, so we just, were just decided all weekend we were just going to do nothing. 
And that's what we did. We were sitting there talking, and we got to talking about all the things that we've got coming up, you know, all the things in our lives we've got coming up. We have, you know, medical stuff and decisions about uh, Toby's mom and, and uh, some things going on with our grandchildren and with our children, things that we're concerned about. And we, you know, as we talk about all of those things, bills coming up, you know, that, well, you know, you guys know. And it's just, there's just so much. It's overwhelming. And so we, we don't know what to do, but we just stop and pray. We, I mean, just, God, help us. Give us wisdom. God, we need wisdom to be able to deal with this stuff. Here we've had this great weekend of just us, and, and Lord, Help us, give us wisdom to be able to know what to do with this stuff. I wonder in our marriages, if we were to, to slow down and focus, I wonder in our marriages, if we were to focus on the important things instead of arguing about everything, to focus on the important things instead of arguing about everything, I wonder how things would go. Husbands, what if you brought it down to one thing? Husbands, what if you brought it down to one thing, to love her like Christ loved the church? What if you brought it down to one thing? You're going to love her sacrificially. You're going to love her unconditionally. What if you brought your marriage down to one thing? I'm going to love her sacrificially. And then every time you look at her, every time you see her, you're looking through this focus of unconditional love. And you think, there comes that woman. I love her sacrificially. And then everything you do for her flows out of that sacrificial love. That might simplify things. Slow down and focus. Wives, I, I wonder if, what if you brought it down to one thing? What if you brought it down to honoring your husband? And every time you see that sorry rascal coming, you think, I honor him. I love him. I respect him. And then out of that honor, you do everything that you do for him, but it's out of a, a respect of, I mean, out of a, a place of honor and respect that you have for him. Do, do you see that? Simplify this. Again, parents, you know, what if we brought it down to a few things and we, we, we're going to teach the kids this, and then from that focus, we do everything that we do for our kids, all the activities, all the things that we're doing for them, but it's from a focus, a narrow focus of the important things. I wonder at work, if, if, our, if at our workplaces, I, I wonder if we started like if Jesus was our boss. Of Colossians 3, of whatever you do, do it with all your heart, do it with everything that you've got. As for the Lord and not for men. Because Jesus is your boss. Jesus is your boss's boss. And if we work that way, you know, then everything at work and everything we see at work and everything that it comes through this focus of, Lord, I'm doing this for you. Lord, what a privilege it is that I have the health to work. What a privilege it is, you know, that I can do this for you, and I can do this in your name, and I can do this in your honor. What a great thing it is, Lord. Thank you for the privilege. In John chapter 9 is the story of the man who was born blind. And it was on the Sabbath day um, that Jesus came through and he healed him. And 
I mean, it was just an amazing thing, and never in history had that been done before. Plenty of blind people had been healed, but no, never anybody who was born blind. And so this man was really, really happy. And the Pharisees got word of it. Of course, it happened on the Sabbath day. That was a problem. And the Pharisees got word of it, and they brought this man in. And they said, were you really born blind? But yes. Well, what happened? Who did this? And why did he do it on the Sabbath? It was Jesus. Oh, is, is he of the devil or is he from God? And they're asking him all these questions. Well, they didn't get any satisfaction, so they brought in his parents. And his parents had heard that they were trying to kick people out of the synagogues, anybody who followed Christ. And so his parents are like, whoa, we're not involved in this. Yes, he's our son, but we're not involved in this. He's a grown man. You call him in and ask him. And then they bring the guy back in, you know, and they say, well, who, who did this? How did he do it? In what name did he do it? You know, tell us exactly the procedure that he used. Was it satanic power that he used to do this? And just on and on and on. They're asking this man these questions. And finally he says, One thing I know. I was blind. Now I see. He brought it down to that. I was blind, now I see. Isn't that where we are? Isn't that where we are? I was blind, now I see. Jesus has opened my eyes. I was blind, now I see. Let's use our sight that Jesus has given us. Let's use our sight to focus on some important things and try to get some of the scatter out of our lives and out of our heads. Christmas is coming. I think how much we enjoy it in these holidays, how much we enjoy it, it's going to be a lot better. I was blind, now I see. Lord, help me to see the important things and help me to be thankful for them. Amen. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us sight. Lord, thank you for taking us from being completely blind to now able to see. We thank you for what you have done. Lord, help us to use our sight. Help us to focus on the important things. Lord, show us what we need to do for our families, for our husbands, for our wives, for our children at work, in our relationships everywhere. Lord, show us what we need to do. Show us what we need to leave out. Show us what we need to bring in. Lord, help us to slow down and focus one thing Lord just one thing we know we give you praise today amen if you, if you need to come the altar's open and Dallas is going to be around uh, you need to come you you come to the altars
this last song we're getting ready to go into is it's called Nothing Else. And Corey Asbury wrote this song um, as a love letter, as a as a moment where he is talking directly to God and he says, um, God, I've I've kind of lost my way a little bit. Um, I've I've been distracted, I've sang other songs, um, I've gotten lost along my way. Help me to refocus my heart into you. Help me to refocus things of my life into you and bring me back to where I started when I started my walk with you and that fire and that passion. And uh, as we sing the song, I, I just hope that those things kind of resonate in your head and in your hearts. And Ira, as I was listening to you this morning, um, the idea of slowing down, the idea of focusing, um, not letting our, our past control us, not letting our past delineate our next steps. Um, God's bigger than all of that. And thanks for helping me remind that this morning. Oh, I'm not here 
just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I just want you and nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. I know I'm guilty of God 
but that we give it to you and that we slow down and we sit in your presence and we sit at your feet and remember who you are and the greatness of who you are and a God worthy of our thanks. It's in your mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Justin. Uh, hey, as we close here today, I just wanted to leave us with a